fucking deer, baby. Welcome back, everyone, to the Blue Collar Whitetail Podcast, officially powered by Rackaholic Outdoors, the true whitetail scents and cover scents made from an Indiana deer farm, and they're 100% made by deer. Uh, we're also sponsored by Thrive 3-Step Experience. Say goodbye to coffee, pop, and energy drinks. Thrive 3-Step gives you energy, mind clarity, weight management, and appetite management. The three steps are two capsules, a shake, and a DFT patch, which is wearable nutrition. Tonight, uh, we got somewhat of a full room. Uh, we got Colton across from me, and we have special guest Mario. And he is... He's a legend. Yeah, a legend of the woods, you could say. And uh, he's also a recently retired champion of... Uh, which is like a beer stein holding contest at German Fest. Better than one of those. It's, uh, it's tough. Yeah, it it's always a fun event to go to. I know, Colton, you race your wiener dog. <laughs> And uh, that's, that's right. the most hype thing I've it ever is. been to in my yeah. life. Yeah, if you get a chance, <laughs> like uh, go, go see I would stuff. definitely fight someone or bet someone on, <laughs> on some dogs. But uh, side bets on those. Yeah, no joke. Um, but yeah, basically, Colton and I are kind of just gonna be on the side here. I'm sure we'll have some questions we'll throw in, but yep. we're just gonna let Mario rip. Uh, like I said, he's taught me dang near everything I know about how to chase these white tails and uh hopefully you guys can pick up something along the way and uh take it away mario all right thank you jacob um i came here and i never really had an experience outdoors other than when i was young uh, i started with boy scouts and went all the way up to eagle scout i got my eagle scout in 1977 nice. and that was an experience for me by itself to be outdoors and enjoy the woods and enjoy everything you need to learn about life through the brotherhood of the Boy Scouts. And my younger brother, Matt, never actually hunted. He fished a lot, but my parents never hunted. So hunting was a new experience for me. I first learned about hunting with my best friend at the time, Jeff Webb. And he, him and his father, back in the 70s, you, uh, when you hunted rabbits, you hunted railroad tracks. You didn't actually My dad's land. done. My you dad hunted took railroad me. tracks, and that's what everybody did back then, with a dog or without a dog. But we didn't have a dog. That was the best. We just kicked up everything. And my actual first experience with a deer was when we were rabbit hunting. We'd been hunting for about three hours, and there was a V cliff on each side of the railroad tracks and it was about 20 foot high and I sat on one side on a tree stump and they sat on the other and we just took a break and next thing I know I hear this <gasps> behind me and I had no idea what that was <laughs> I turned around and I saw this huge animal with antlers on it and I actually dropped my gun and ran down towards <laughs> them guys and they they laughed at me for about 20 minutes. Oh, ain't living that down. First and time I no, heard that. No, they though. never have. And it was my no. first experience with a deer. And I asked them, what was that? And they said, a deer and big deer. Because so where, where are you from? From Germany, originally born in Hamburg, West Germany at the time. Dang. We came to America in 1969. So that's like kind of foreign to you, I guess. Yeah, I was, I was nine years old. So I... Never experienced deer hunting over there. We lived in the city, so we never had woods. So it was really neat 
when we lived in an apartment, we came to Sentinel River Village Apartments at the time, and they had a huge woods behind there and the railroad tracks, so we always got Dang. to play, and my brother and I spent many, many nights in the woods. And it got me, the deer hunting actually was neat because when I hunted with Jeff Webb and the rap for the rabbits, he showed me how to skin them, how to prepare the meat, how to cook, and it was my first real experience with something from nature and it was it was exciting for me um the the best part was though for me was being outside i think i knew right then i was going to spend the rest of my life out in the woods and enjoy the woods and um it was it was exciting for me at the time because i i uh my parents never did any of that my parents never fished or hunted so my outdoors experiences were were a new thing to me so I really started uh, bow hunting back then it was my first experience I bought me a a bear Kodiak Magnum at the time from Sportsman's Guide dang and it was an all wooden bow and it was a 60 pounder Sears and Roebuck catalog you had no releases at the time you had three finger leather gloves that you wore you put one finger above two below and pull back and when you pull back a 60 pound bow there was no give there was when you pulled 60 pound bags not like a compound bow. It was 60 pounds you had 60 oh. pounds and you had 10 seconds at the most before you started shaking oh, and gosh. you're already shaking yeah. yeah so and the bow was all wood so it was heavy as heck and when it rained you know it's just like it seemed like man i'm dragging oh, that, this that thing to the woods off. so yeah we never really had a woods to hunt uh, my first experience was at Mongo, up in uh, northern Indiana. Heck yeah. It's a public reserve that you, you're allowed to just you check in. and Mongo canoeing. I, I've been yeah, there once. I've that, been there that's once. That's what it was, and it was fantastic. But the thing was, I had a, I had a, a ladder stand that I built for myself because climbers weren't around then either, and there, not till about 86 or 85 when the climbers all Dang. came out, so... My first thought, one was man. a ladder stand, and <laughs> so you you built that up there at Mongo. I built it at home, okay. dragged it up there in my truck. Oh, yeah. Oh my. And then I dragged it as far. And the thing was about Mongo, <laughs> you walked in and you saw deer stands everywhere. So my goal was to go farther and yes. deeper than everybody else. That was my goal because I knew everybody was up front. So makes sense. I would oh, drag yeah. this deer stand for. <laughs> You know, half a mile and oh half my. a mile into the woods. Oh gosh. And it was heavy, and you stopped. And it was summer times, you know. It was early September. They allowed Sweating. you one month before October 1st season to set up your stands up at Mongo. Jeez. So I, <laughs> it, was, it was pretty neat. But the only thing was about being up there was the hunters had a primitive campground, and we would all spend the night up there and, and camp old campers. And campfires and shoot the crap, cool. you know. Dude, that'd be yeah, dope. That'd be awesome. It like was a, fun how yeah, how it all started. It was like a brotherhood of when I first got there. And when you when you walked in in the morning, like I said, with the scents, you had two scents. You had dirt and you had skunk. <laughs> and those were your cover scents, and you knew right away when you walked past hunters with the skunk. <laughs> but the you funny part was, yeah. even though my stand was way back in the woods you probably walk past 20 hunters to get to my stand and sometimes even though it was early in the morning somebody else found your stand 
And so you had to actually kick the guy out of the stand, prove that it was your stand, and you hung it up because other people would just walk in without a stand, and they'd see one, and okay. Yeah, that's a nice spot. Yeah. So they tried to fight you over that, and you'd be like, dude. Yeah, that was, you did that all before you had to hunt. I used 37 nails. <laughs> and that's the thing. You're not allowed to, on a public land, you're not allowed to screw into a tree. Oh, man. At the time. I don't know if you are Yeah, now, you can't now. You still can't now. And so you had to strap everything, straps everywhere. Wow. So, yeah. Even to put a you know one of those hooks in to hold your bow yeah, you, was illegal. So yeah, you can't do that now you either. You built everything on your stand to hold your bow. And you basically sat down on a chair and had the bow on your lap. Is basically what you did. Jeez. And Rough. you got to remember, guys, this was before internet, before cell phones, before pagers, before anything. It's just pure nature right there. Pure nature. And That'd when you decent. actually shot a deer, you drove to a payphone. You called your buddy, and your buddy would show up. An hour later. An hour later. You can't call him. Where you at? I feel like the days would have to be really long. And then, uh, you know, there was no range finders at the time. No nothing. You you shot the target, and you guessed at everything. So I had a buddy, Bobby Burnett, who was across from me, 80 yards. He shot five arrows at this deer. The deer ran away. He went and grabbed all five arrows, came back to his stand, and the deer came back, and he took him three more. So he oh. had eight arrows, but on the eighth arrow, he shot him. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> like, nope, that is awesome. Those are, those are killer stories that oh. you never forget, you know. And in the old days, and the and the, the broadheads were different. You had a choice of uh, viper or wasp, the wasp three blades. With You had to put snap rings around the broadheads. And it was a it was an experience. You basically assembled everything yourself, you know, and did everything yourself. So. Oh, I'd be done. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, there wasn't much on expandables, which, which was a, it, all that came a long way. And uh, we never had predators back then. We never had to worry about coyotes. We never had any of that Are stuff. Are you kidding me? That'd be no, nice. We didn't have that. We didn't have no coyote problems whatsoever back in the 70s and early 80s. Where, where did they just come from, like, west or something? Or uh, I don't know how they somebody popped them They in. came so like, popular in the last yeah. 20 to 30 years. Dude, it's like crazy. Yeah. Um, it, it was really neat, though, because I got the experience hunting are trapping coyotes actually in the city last year was my first time and it was in Wayndale and at this gravel pit and I really had a great time dang learning everything because they weren't I wasn't allowed to use traps snap traps I was only allowed to use snares because people actually still walk their dog through all this stuff even though we had signs everywhere people still walked around and so I was afraid of that but that's all going to change this year. We, we're, we're going trapping with snap traps, and I got different signs, and I actually have permission from the police. Oh, uh, nice! To uh, to give them a four hundred dollar criminal trespass ticket. Oh, if wow! They do this. So, yeah, the coyotes. It's still. Um, I want to talk to you about a little bit more about uh, the old days and and the uh, reality TV back in. You didn't have any TV shows. You didn't have any of the uh, people that you see on TV now that have uh, a hit list, you call it. Yeah. You know, back then you just, sh- when a deer came by and an eight point or six pointer didn't, you shot a buck mm. and that's what you did. You know, that sounds good to me. Yeah. That sounds good. It, it was the old school that. way, you know, it was just the way we. Woodsmanship, we did I guess it. Yeah. you could say. And then again, 
you would hang it up back at Mongo on this, it had a big long board that you could hang your deer on and then you put your name on it and then people would show you how to skin it and how to how to clean it, how to cut it up and everything. It was, See, we need that. It's, it would make life missed, a lot better. You missed the old days because it was now. more of a you know camaraderie with with your friends and it was really nice. I and really, now it's all secrets and like well that or you can go do that still, but you got to pay for it. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. It's like I, going to Camelot Ridge Resort and paying that twenty by ten, 20. fifteen thousand dollars for a eighteen pointer that yeah. was in a cage. You know, it's like Jeez. you didn't have any of that. Busy time. Yeah, I so, think I've asked you this before, but. Bucks back in the day. Yes. Yeah. How bigger or smaller than now? Smaller. Really? They were definitely smaller. Yeah. Okay. The, the bodies, at, like at the primitive, uh, at the public lands, uh, they had the game wardens would leave corn strips and bean strips for you to hunt, and they were always on the property. But um, the deer were so skittish with all the hunters. I oh, mean, man. we had. I think one morning there was 300 hunters that checked oh in gosh. in the morning for bow hunting. <laughs> I mean, you had, I'm not sure how many acres, there was like 10,000 acres up there that you can actually hunt. Mm -hmm. And you spread out, but you would run into a hunter everywhere you went. Because some people would just only walk in 50 feet or 100 yards and they'd set up, you know, and everybody would walk by this dude and wonder why he wasn't seeing anything. So you had to, he had Shit. to actually find a way to get around all this stuff and go farther and deeper and that was the key just like nowadays you know when you hunt you try to go farther and deeper than the other person yeah where no one wants to make the no effort one to wants go to make the effort exactly so it's it's really pretty makes, <laughs> makes sense yeah what makes you wonder yeah and nowadays like i said with the television shows like the uh, Drury Outdoors and all that stuff. It's just incredible how far they've come. And all these people that have these facilities are making their own products too. Yep. Like the Bone Collector and everybody else mm -hmm. on TV. The Drury's and uh, the, uh, it, the the Kinski's out in Iowa. And, uh, Nugent's got one too. Ted Nugent, Spirit of the Wild. Same thing. He's got an all full fenced in you know, 2,000 acres up there in Michigan. So it's incredible, you know, but he has all these different animals and you get to actually hunt with Ted and you get, you know, all these animals from, from Africa and stuff are on this property. So it's quite impressive how far the hunting has come and how much back then you knocked on the door and you ask a farmer to hunt and you had no pay, no lease, no nothing. You got a piece of paper that he signed. You had permission to be there. Dang. And that was the old school ways. Now, once the farmer found out he can get money for the lease for the property. You got to pay oh, to play. Yeah. Everything has changed. Yep. Everything has changed. And even though you have the property one year, the next year somebody comes up with another $500 more than what you got last year, and you lose it. You know, it's just like it's become more of a, I don't know. So you got money. Yeah, if you got the money, it's definitely the money and the property. The properties, to me, is one of the biggest things. If you can hunt, even though I hunt 26 acres out in Noble County, um, it's, 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 it's great uh, property because on each side of me, when I let an eight-point go, he only goes 100 yards and I hear a kaboom. Because these people on the each side of me, on the north side of me, 
They shoot everything that walks by. Everything. I mean, they have huge families. They all hunt. They duck hunt. They rabbit hunt. But these people hunt everything. Mm -hmm. And so when I let something go by, I know it's not going to last long. Even though I thought, man, he'd look good next next year. Next year, yeah. You can only hope. Three or four year old, you know. But some of these deer. So when I hunt there, I try to only hunt on the right wind. Absolutely. That's one of the keys. In, in the, back in the old days, you didn't do that. You know, you didn't you didn't know anything about wind. <laughs> yeah, <Any figure. laughs> well, yeah, it's like uh, okay. Uh, oh, that matters. Why, what's all this? Ha ha! Here all the time, <laughs> and you see tails. You know, you saw a lot of tails. But That's the worst noise. You learn so much, so much as you get older. Um, how to use the wind, sense, and you know the bows themselves um, have changed. Dramatically, like what you brought. Oh gosh, dude! Yeah, Colton's got, new bow. <laughs> we got a treat. You know, he just shot fifty yards, and it was freehand, freehand, and it was nothing, and no arch on the arrow, nothing. Yeah, it's just impressive how far the compound bows have come, and every company makes a great bow. I can't hit specifically. I shoot yeah. a Matthews. I a, shoot a Hoyt. I, yeah. It no, doesn't matter a PSE. Everything. Shoot, yeah. They all every every bow company sells a good product it's just personal preference it's personal preference or what your friends shoot mm-hmm. or what you're comfortable with you know and when the guy talks you into buying yeah or talks you into <laughs> buying. exactly i'll never forget when i bought that loophole from the one shop well, the dude's like you need to look you need to look at this other brand and i was like no i need you to look down this scope and you tell me that again and he's like okay yeah <laughs> you're right <And> I'm like <laughs> uh want to talk to you a little bit about uh, Ozonics. Ozonics has come a long way. I have had the Ozonics X. Um, I didn't believe in it for years. You know, I'm one of those skeptics. It's 600 bucks, man. I said, you Damn. know, but when you realize what you purchase through equipment and your bow and your gun and everything, $600 really isn't a lot because you spend a lot more on other other equipment. Mm-hmm. Um, my buddy had one, and he went ahead and tagged out. And he said, you want to borrow it? I said, sure. And I have this woods that I hunt. And behind me is a field. And they always come through this field. And I always got busted when it was a northwest wind. So I decided, yes, I want to use it. (laughs) So I borrowed it. And sure as heck, I mean, these deer were walking within 20 feet of me with their nose up. But they would walk right by me, right behind me. They never busted me. They'd look around, but they were never skittish or never heard the alarm, no tail up. So I'm a true believer of the Ozonics because it actually proved to me that it does work. Right. So it, it's a game-changing item that I would recommend you. I'm wanting to look into that after you told me about it. Right. You think I mean, about it, so how easy. many times have you seen a nice deer but got busted, you know, with the wind? And the wind changes. You know, I'm not saying a west wind is always, but... you. Go in the morning, right. and you come in, you got a southwest wind, oh, yeah. and by 10 o'clock, it's a northwest or an yeah. east. Or swirling or winds. Or swirling. If you're hunt, I hunt a stand that has a valley, and it's constantly changing and swirling. I can put the powder in the air, and it's just That's... constantly changing. That's where it really comes a long way. And, and another thing I want to talk about is a thermocell. Oh, man, yes. You Full absolutely, those, yeah. that is a product that I absolutely believe in, trust, and have used for years now. In the old days, you fought mosquitoes and flies and bees and everything else. Uh, explain to them what that is, because someone asked me about, you know, what is that? And if you haven't seen one in the store, I don't know what to tell you, but 
Go ahead and tell them what that is, basically. It's a product that you turn on a switch, it shoots butane in the air through this pad. It only costs $30. It's very small and compact. It's like a TV remote. But it saves you from mosquitoes. And the deer can't smell it. the deer can't smell it. That's the best part. They have no problem with this in the air whatsoever. I use it all the time when I go into the woods. I even have it on going in because sometimes I stop and I find out that there's a deer standing there that I could shoot. So I'm already getting chewed up. So it has a belt clip. Like I said, it's $30. It's a great investment. Oh, yeah. You buy the refill kit for another 20 and it's last year the whole season. We bought the tiki torches, too. Yes. <laughs> like, like, we don't play. Exactly. <laughs> but it's a product that I absolutely believe in. And it's, like I said, all these new things we never had in the old days. It's And I thought, man, I don't really need it. Yes, I do. I constantly use it now. Every time I go in the woods, I use it. I, w- I wish I could have hunted Until you get back to, you know, time. the cold November gun season. And oh, you don't yeah, have to yeah, worry about it anymore. The best. When the leaves come off. No more wasps. No <laughs> more nothing. Yeah. Correct. And it's a, it's a tool I would definitely recommend to everyone out there. Like I said, it's $30. It's a cheap investment, and you don't get chewed. Yeah. Um, another thing I want to talk about is your release. How many people have one release? That's I, it. I just now got a second one. See, because a lot of people don't do that, and the key to it is I've had a release break on a great buck, and I thought, my God, why didn't I have a second one? Dude, and yeah. you want to buy another release exactly what you have, so and you shoot with it exactly the way you would, put it in the same position on your arm and the same thing, shoot with it quite a few times, you know, maybe 20, 30 times, and get used to it again, and then put your other old one up, make sure everything's the same, because a lot of people don't realize that you cannot shoot your compound bow without a release. There's yeah. no way you can no. pull that back with your fingers. No. It'll kill you, and you don't get the exact shot. Oh, and then you're going you're gonna to mess your bow up, too, because it's not going to be a straight pullback. Exactly. So it's, it's one thing I would recommend to anyone, buy a second release exactly like the one you have, because that's just uh, it's insurance. To, if, even if you drop your release in the tree stand and there's deer around, you know, you don't have a choice. Still got you, one. You, you, still got you, it. you gotta end up using the second one. So that's one of the things, if you like, you drop it or get mud in it or something, you always have a backup in your backpack. That's one of the key things I always did. Looking beyond the target, um, a lot of people don't think about your arrow, what happens to your arrow when you shoot. 90% of the bows nowadays, it's a pass-through. It's, they're so powerful. And here you got an arrow with a Luminoc and you got a uh, Rage Broadhead on it, you know, and there goes 22 bucks shooting right into the dirt and you can't find it sometimes because of the leaves and the dirt. So my goal is to shoot a deer with a tree behind it. I wait until okay. there's a tree behind it. I know 90% of the people that shoot shoot field shots or mm-hmm. in the woods where you don't have a tree, but I try to set my tree stands up to where my 20 and 30 and 40 yard shots are definitely with a tree behind it. I've shot a deer and the arrow stuck right in the tree behind That's it. That's awesome. That's so, dope. Or if it bounces off the tree, it's laying in front of the tree. You will always find your arrow because like I said, you're shooting 25 bucks into the air and it's gone. You know, you don't get a second yeah. chance and the Luminox are one key thing. No joke. Even though at night, um, you can probably find your arrow 
under the leaves, you know, if you look, but it's, it's a pain it's in a the pain butt. And it's difficult. It really is. And so that's, it's one of my things that I do. I always try to shoot, stop a deer with a tree behind it. So it makes sense to collect your arrow. Um, Luminox. I want to talk a little bit about, Luminox have totally changed the hunting industry. I shoot with friends and target shoot most of the summer all the way up to September 14th before urban season or yeah, yeah. action zone now that they call it starts. So, and my friends always ask, why do you use those during target practice? Because I shoot 40 and 50 yard shots and I can see exactly where my arrow hit in the target. I don't have to guess where it hit. Don't have to walk up and say, okay, I, I missed, you know, mm -hmm. my next shot's going to be there. So, and whenever I shoot a Luminox, because I do repeat and shoot close enough that I can put one right inside the other. <laughs> so Robin Hood. I try to I try to shoot two or three inches to the left or to the right of the Luminox. I use the Luminox my first shot actually as the guide okay. and shoot to the left or right of it because you know you're dead on at mm -hmm. the height but to go left or right of it so you don't ruin your arrows. I've knocked many of veins and Luminox off my arrows target practice. Oh so yeah. <laughs> I would recommend a Luminox to anyone because 90% of your shots are early morning or dusk. You know, you're getting that, you got 10 minutes to go in light and you hear the leaves crack and, and oh, here he comes. And yep. then you're thinking, oh man. And then when you do make a good shot and it goes through, you can see your arrow, but if you don't and the arrow sticks in it, you can see where the arrow is. You can see if you got a good hit and that determines whether I go chase the deer or I wait overnight, Without, yeah. which now with the coyotes, I would never recommend that. A lot of people on TV, I say they walk overnight, they come in the next day and their back of their deer is totally yep. missing, you know? Yep. So even if you've made a bad shot, wait two or three hours and then go out and try to find it. Don't leave it overnight. Not with all the coyotes nowadays. Oh, it's, yeah. It's, a, it's terrible. How many, how many did we shoot as a total last year? I shot two. I shot uh, three and I trapped eight. So Judas yeah. Priest. I, I there was so many. <laughs> and these eight were in the city. You know, it's like incredible. And these were huge coyotes. These didn't look like the straggly dogs that you see That's somewhere the else. These are some yeah. healthy, healthy yeah. animals. They're eating good. Yeah. They're actually yeah, in the city. They were jumping over the fence and getting the dog out, the little puppies, out of the backyard Jeez. and jumping back over the fence and tearing it up outside Four. the fence. That's so, wow. yeah, it was incredible to see. I mean, this lady had it on video, and I go, oh, my God, I can't believe it. So these animals have become very used to humans. Uh, they will get close to your, even though you live in the country, you think you're safe, you know, don't mm -hmm. never leave your dog, little dog out too long because they will attack it. Well, lure them yeah. too, won't oh, they? Oh, yeah, yeah, big time. So I'd like to talk about um, the moon. A lot of people don't okay. realize Here how much... Comes. The moon makes a difference on your seeing deer. Um, the key in November, right before gun season, or just after gun season, there's a moon called the red moon. It is the key to seeing deer all day long. The red moon is, this year is November 19th. It's on a Friday. And I recommend you hunt before 24 hours before the red moon, actually the day of the 19th and the 20th, that's Saturday. Be in your stand all day long, 
Grab your food, grab your sandwiches and your drinks, grab your pee bottle, oh, whatever damn. you're trying to do. <laughs> <laughs> so get down at 12 the o'clock. key is the moon because it will bring the big buck and he will be on his feet all day. And it's the day before, the day after, and the day during. They well, are, didn't we shoot ours on the 21st, the 21st. last year? Yeah, we shot yeah. both bucks on the same day. Yeah, and, that was the, and the 20th was the red moon. So, oh, my. So the day oh, after. Well, yeah. It's still good, so you want to. That's a key. A lot of people have uh, now. They have a moon chart out that you can actually get on the internet and see it all. But if you just Google the red moon, you will see exactly what happens. And that moon is a key to the big bucks. They it draws them up and keeps them on their feet all day. They, you will see a buck at noon, at two o'clock, and that's another thing I want to talk about. Um, hunters that leave the woods at nine in the morning. <laughs> Here we go. Drive possession. I, I have friends that I used I, I used to hunt with friends all the time. And they would come by at 9, 30, 10 o'clock. You ready to go, man? You know, I said, no, man, I'm sitting here till noon, 2 o'clock. I know someone some, is. Some people don't even hunt the mornings. They'll start 9, 10 in the morning. Take lunch. Uh, so Colton and I went to the Magic Wand at lunch, like opening yeah. week of gun season. Yeah. On our way back, buck chasing, I don't know how many does. four or five of them. Okay, see, it was I insane. mean. We're like, really? It's just little things that I've learned through the years. Stay in the woods at least till one or two o'clock. And then maybe, you know, if you didn't bring your lunch, head out, do your lunch and come back. But most people leave the woods between 10 and noon. And it's a pattern, and the deer know it. And they will come out and actually walk all around your stand at two o'clock in the afternoon. And you go, man, I didn't see anything all day. I came back at four, you know, hunted till eight. And they they were saying uh, last year for Indiana, the biggest, like the bigger bucks that were killed last year, was between eleven and two p.m. It's it's amazing, and and that's your lunch. It. You know, people leave at eleven. They're not dumb. And no. it's no. And, and even though it's cold, you know, they have things now, the heater bodysuit. <laughs> My friend has one of those, and I thought he looked the goofy big as heck. thing. Yeah. Tell, <laughs> tell him what you do, because I'm about to do that this year. I get a camouflage blanket, put it all around my toes and my feet and everything, and just wrap myself totally with a camouflage blanket. And I'll sit there all day in the wind, when that wind's bitter and cold, and you don't have a $3,000 to spend on a box blind and set up. Because box blinds, as you get older, the cold gets to you. You know, I'm 61, I'll be 62 in December. But even though I enjoy the cold, it gets to you. I mean, yeah. it'll find a crack somewhere and you start shaking. Once your toes get cold and your fingers get cold, you're, you're ready to head back, yeah. you know, to the truck. And the key is wrap your feet around with that blanket and put it all in front of you because you can always take it down to make the shot. You know, you, you, the deer won't, if it's even 20 yards, just slowly move the blanket down, grab your gun or grab your bow. And make, and here's another thing I do. I always carry my bow with me during gun season. Always. Because, okay. Because sometimes the, the big buck will be 10 yards away 
I thought, why am I going to blast them when I can shoot them with my bow and fill my bow tag? Okay. And then I can shoot a doe with a gun, you know, later yeah. on. So, yeah, it's, it's impressive to learn the little tricks and things that you do as you get older. <laughs> so, so I don't know if you're going to touch on this and you can tell me to be quiet, but I know uh, you used to take like weeks on end off of work to go hunt. Uh, what would be like, say you were hunting this year, which he's right now isn't because he's his back's messed up but say you were gonna take a week's vacation and this is the only vacation you had uh what would be your week that'd be like my best opportunity to go kill a buck yeah okay uh which i know there's variables there's weather there's for me it's always been the same i've done the same thing for the last at least the last 30 years i take off the week before gun season. I, I actually enjoy shooting my bow and getting a chance during, because some of the rut, it always kicks in differently. Oh, yeah. You know, with the weather, our Indiana weather's so goofy. It's been, it's been 80 degrees here until October 15th. Yeah. It was 80 degrees yesterday, so. And it stayed that way the whole October. It's yeah. just like crazy. And, and people, rain. And rain, yep. rain, rain, yeah. It's just, in some years, like, Two years ago, uh, November, the week before I took off, was the coldest week of the year. December wasn't even that cold. It was freezing that week I took off. It was like 10 degrees for the high, and the low was like zero for that's a when week. I shot. That's when I shot that one. We yeah. had our, I so had to plow. The weather is so variable in Indiana. It's crazy, but just be ready for it. And my suggestion is take off the week before gun season. And I've always enjoyed the transition, like on Friday... I would take off at noon or two, yep. go down to the range, get my gun sighted in, and then be ready for Saturday morning. But I always thought that you got a best chance of shooting with your bow if you take off a week before gun season, if you're okay. going to take off. That's my, my key right there. I've always done it, and I've always had good luck. I mean, it makes sense. It leads you right into gun season, and I mean, that's a pretty hot part of the yeah. Theoretically, you yeah, know, it's, it's the rut usually kicks in, you know, during gun, but sometimes it comes in early and sometimes it comes in late. Like I said, it all depends on the weather and everything else that's that's going on. But because last year I didn't see chasing till that third late. week, yeah, of November. Was, yeah, exactly. It could be all the way to the twentieth before you see anything going on, and then some years I've seen the bucks around the ninth of November already chasing does and being crazy out there because we we were passing on i don't know how many does because we're like any second one of these is going to go hot and maybe they were hot but i mean we had what i mean what's your thought on that do you just i mean i know like i said we use the meat a lot because that's how you know i'm the only one that works so that's how we get 90 percent of our meat so i mean what's your thoughts on taking a, a doe that close to the rut is it really going to change anything i mean no. my luck i'd probably shoot the one hot doe i mean i don't know what right. um i my my deal is with with the fawn i just don't shoot moms with little ones mm-hmm. because i like to have them go through the winter and learn right. everything but if i see a single doe by herself i will blast her absolutely yeah i'll take a doe out before before the rut or anything yeah that week i'll take a doe and and maybe try to shoot for a buck if i can but i always look for a single doe which is hard to do because sometimes right. they walk in packs and you don't dude, know if well, they're with the three we, or four. We, let the, we both oh, sat dude. there and just watched this. You would have yeah, kicked yeah, this you, in the nuts. Yeah, we were like, do you want to shoot it? 
No. Are you going to shoot it? Dude, broadside. Just gave us all time. Yeah. Oh, she was there for what? A half hour? Just Yeah. We, we couldn't make up our mind who was going to shoot it. Right. And then she disappeared. Then she disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> that's not what they do. And that's the other thing with, with the property nowadays. Like I said, property is the key. If you have good property and game cameras have come, oh my God, you know, they've come such a long way. I... I had the old school with the big double D batteries, eight of them in there, and Last year that week. was 20 years ago, you know, when I used that. And now they have ones that go right to your cell phone, mm-hmm. and, you know, you hook up with Verizon or ATT. And don't have to go in the woods. Don't have to go in the woods. You see what's happening out there, and I'm different in that way. I don't use game cameras anymore, only because 20 years ago... I saw this monster buck on my 26 acres, and he was on there three, four days, and he would have a pattern. He'd be there Monday, Thursday, every three days he was there. So I said, okay, he'll be there Sunday. So I'd sit in that stand all day Sunday and didn't see crap, you know. Mm -hmm. But I dedicated myself to that deer, and it kind of loses focus. On other deer. On the other deer, Yeah. yeah. And so I've learned, even though they're fantastic, I would use them if you have some great property to know what's out there. Mm-hmm. But where I hunt, the deer come to me from the neighbors. Right. Because there's so much <clears throat> blasting going on all around me, and I don't really blast. That's why I take my bow, because I can always get a second chance, because they don't know I'm there when I take a shot. The neighbors don't yep. know I've taken a shot. So the And the deer don't know I've taken a shot. So I might take a doe out, and then 20 minutes later, boom, here comes a big buck. You know, bam, I can shoot him. Yeah. So it's an advantage to take your bow with you during gun season if you haven't tagged out. Um, I would definitely recommend it, but like I said, property is is the key because if you don't have the right property, you could sit there all day long and not see and anything. See, you know, little does or something coming by once in a while. But and and people have another thing that's weird about Indiana: you can't bait. Right, right. You can buy bait at every freaking store in Indiana. Well, they advertise the piss out of it, don't they? Yeah. I mean, you can actually go into Myers and Walmart and buy bait. Right now. But you're not, but you're not allowed to yep. you know, bait during the season. You can set up food plots, but they don't consider that baiting. Yeah, you're growing it. You're growing it, exactly. So it's an iffy law, and I, and I don't understand why we sell baiting stuff mm-hmm. during the season, even though it's illegal. Right. I never understood that part of it. It confuses the hunters. And oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. People, I mean, people yeah. innocently could have, you know, if they don't read the book, you know. First time hunter going out there, going yeah. to, you know, rural king, you're like, oh, hey, yeah, look yeah, at all this. This is awesome. Yeah. This is great. You exactly. Know, put it, you throw it right down here. on the ground, you know. You take pictures on YouTube. You're on Facebook. What or, is that pile there in front yeah, of you? Yeah. Yeah. Walks no, by, no. like, uh, that's for the squirrels. Yeah. <laughs> that's for the squirrels. That's, yeah, exactly. squirrels. But, you know, I watch a lot of, uh, with me being off with my back, I've watched every hunting show there is now, <laughs> including Lone Star Law and Northwoods, you know, okay. all that stuff. And it's amazing what the game wardens will go through to get you. I mean, it's incredible. So you really have to watch the rules. Mm-hmm. It's a key. And always look at your hunting Bible, your hunting and trapping book well it gets me sometimes on those rules and regulations i've had to call the office yes just to double check like i do everything by the book 
and I feel like I'm still like their wording is yeah. so yeah. like yeah it's it kind of gets you confused when mm-hmm. you it's read like it the almost. reduction zone and having a deer license bundle and you can't use it reduction zone you have to use a special yep. another deer tag mm-hmm. you have to shoot a doe to shoot a buck but at the end of the year the reduction zone is cool because after the Indiana uh, legal season is over you can still shoot until January 31st in the reduction zone with a rifle with a rifle absolutely and it's it's impressive how far it's come and the rifles also the you know in the old days they said you can only use this gun or that gun or the They've also changed a few laws every year, so you can use. I can use my seven millimeter mm-hmm. rem mag now and yeah. shoot out there at three hundred <laughs> yards, you know. But it's really neat, and I love hunting the snow. The key That's to hunting, the if I it love, snows, I love the cold. Man, get snow. out there! Yeah, you know, you just you it's see for easier miles. to see. Yeah, you can see the predators easier too if you got to take them out on your property. But the tracks, you know, the tracks are. You know when you see a buck track, you know, and you see a small doe, and you think, "Oh man, he's been here," you know. Mm-hmm. And it's weird. I'm, I've hunted at, at my aunt's house and walked out of the woods on my for my lunch at two o'clock. I always wait till two. I try, you know. It just depends um, on the wind. <laughs> the wind can bite you, man. It's it can be so cold out there. But I go out and I come back. An hour later, and there's deer tracks all over where I would just walk. I go, son of a gun. You know, they watch Sweet. me actually leave. Yeah. You know, and then, but it's cool. You can follow them. You can, yeah. you can sneak up. You can do your sneak. I have a white outfit that I wear for the snow so I can actually lay down and be part of the snow or stand next to a tree and not really stand <laughs> out too much, you know. <laughs> they do look at you goofy, but it is really impressive with all the equipment that you have nowadays, how sneaky you can be oh, for yeah. a deer. You know, it's, I, I love that part of it. And scents, I want to talk a little bit about scents. Um, I personally use Conquest Scents. There's a million scents out there that you have. You have your own sponsor for your show. Yeah, uh, Rackaholic. Rackaholic, a, a wonderful product. Yeah, he smelled that tonight. Absolutely. <laughs> I wish I would have smelled this on, on the air here because I was like, whoo! <laughs> yeah, he's using the, the dough complete scrape and the uh, dough esters. So complete and, scrape, yeah, you make the mock scrape. Yeah, and it's, it's impressive how far the scents have come to bring the deer in. You know, in the old days, you, you didn't have a hanging thing where you mm-hmm. can let the dripper yeah. and all that stuff. You just didn't have any of that. And now... If you don't have an area where you come, I've seen people put four by four posts in the ground to where they want to rub and actually put their product around this post and three days later, deer have attacked this post, right. you know? <laughs> and, and you got your own trees. You can plant trees now in a spot where you need them to come and rub and just and a, a season later, they're using that tree. As long as you use this product, you can bring your 50 yard shot to 20 yards yep. you know it's impressive that's what we did and the, deer, <laughs> right. the deer you know actually come up and you it's so neat to watch because you just put this fake thing down and here they come yep. like, you know yeah. it's neat to watch I, like i said i use conquest sense ever calm i use it on my my body my body i use it on my <laughs> my boots and uh, I try to put it on my backpack, and then when I get to my stand, I'll rub the tree that I'm on at the bottom. I'll actually put it on my ladder stand at the bottom, just rub it on there. And, and when I get to the top of my stand, and I, I'm crazy, but I hunt from high places. I, oh, yeah. 
I have some stands set up that are 25 footers, and I, I feel comfortable up there because I'm way above their sight. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and it's it's for some people it's like oh my god, you know, yeah. you're way up there. But that's up. There. As long as you, that's another thing I want to talk about is the hunter safety systems. Back in the 70s, 80s, and the early 90s, nobody used them. Not a single friend of mine had a hunter safety thing. We didn't strap ourselves to anything. I have personally fallen out of a tree stand to where I got a mongo, and it was just my ladder stand, but I had I was so comfortable, and it was so early in the morning when I walked in, I didn't want to walk past hunters, so you walk in you know, an hour before it's light. I would fall asleep, and I had my bow on my lap, oh, and I remember waking up, and I was already off the stand to where I just threw my bow in front of me and landed down below, and I got lucky. I did a football roll, you know, bam, and landed, and I was fine. But I thought to myself, man, I really need to tie myself in. And the hunter safety systems has come so far. There's so many products out there. You know, nowadays they have vests and pants mm-hmm. with a build-in already. Yep. So it, it's come a long way. I mean, you're going to pay $500 for these products. But what's your life life. worth yeah you know exactly and you have kids and family and you think about that when you're standing up there going man this is stupid why am i not using that so i personally have used it for probably 20 years now the hunter safety system and i buy it try to buy a new one every few years probably every five years i have a different product that i try but i trust them i've actually fell out of my stand and used it twice since since i've bought one and they do save your life. And the key is a lot of people use screw-in steps. Man, those will tear you up. The, when you fall down that five, 10 feet, you're oh, landing on those steps and they will tear mm. you up. My suggestion is climbing sticks. Okay. Get the climbing sticks, put them behind the tree where you're not hunting and walk up, you set them up behind the tree, you know, so that you're looking forward and they're behind you. So whenever you fall forward, left or right, there's nothing to interfere with you as far as safety. So uh, I can't say that enough, safety. It's it's a big thing with hunting. I know we don't think about it when we're up there a lot. Matter of fact, when you go in the woods, it's like therapy to me. Mm. I don't think about bills or work or family or anything, even though I have it all in my mind. I just don't think about it because mm-hmm. it like relaxes me being up there in that tree. Oh yeah, and I really enjoy nature. Even if I don't see a deer all day, oh, I yeah. saw blue jays and crows and birds and squirrels getting chewed up, you know, by other birds noises, chasing yeah. it. It's just it's nature at its finest, and I love hunting the mornings more than anything because I love watching the woods wake up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's just incredible to watch the squirrels and chipmunks and. It's amazing those little chipmunks, man, how many nuts they collect and what they do. And I got one running in front of me on this tree <laughs> all day long, you know, before winter hits. But it's something, it's nature at its finest. And they know you're there. Oh, I yeah. mean, they look up at you, you know, they know you. But as long as you don't move or do anything stupid, it's, it's really nature accepts you being out there. And that's part of what I enjoy the most is just being there. Yeah. I really love that part of it. It just makes me... Happy to be out. No, no woods. jokes. Therapy. Even though this year I can't hunt. Oh man, I know. it's 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 uh, my I'm first sure year I can't because sure. of my back. I had surgery on my back, two of them actually, on my L3 and L4. So they recommend I don't do anything stupid, and yeah. I did do something stupid. That's why I had another surgery. Oh so no, I I want to say if you're uh, if you're hurting, stay on the ground, 
use the ground blinds. The ground blinds are fantastic. They've come a long way. They have ground blinds now that you can see all around you at 360 degrees. You don't have to worry anymore about, you know, what's behind me, open up the window or anything. Again, three, four, five hundred dollar items. And, you know, what's Ozonic? Six hundred bucks. So I'm saying, yeah. you know, you're mm-hmm. going to spend all that money on something. It's incredible. But, yeah, ground blinds have come a long way. And the neatest thing about ground blinds is the deer will walk right up to you. It's, oh, my it's God. the coolest thing. I mean, <laughs> it's neat because... This? It's just a, a part of, you know, you don't see a deer that close, and you're eye level with them. You know, it's like wow. Mm-hmm. And when you see a big buck, it almost scares you when they come in close because okay. it's like, man, this dude's gonna either ram this thing or, or run the other way. You know. <laughs> but yeah, ground blinds are are fantastic to use, especially if you're older like me and you don't want to deal with the wind or the climbing stand. You can get out of the wind. You can put a little heater buddy buddy heater in there, you know, yep. and just. Pump as it. long as you use the Ozonics inside that thing, you don't have to worry about anything. It's it's a product that I truly would recommend to anyone. You can use it anywhere in the ground blind. You can use it. They have a backpack now that you can use it walking in. So if you have to stop and take a shot Crazy. and see a deer, you, it, it's on you and it's covering your scent. That would be wild. It's, it's come a long way. Everything in hunting has come a long way. And I really feel, I wrote down something here. I love hunting, even as my beard grows gray. It keeps my senses alert, and even I feel as long as I hunt, I will forever remain young. There you go. That's, like that. that's one of my keys to hunting is I think, I believe in that, that as long as I get to hunt and I can hunt, that I feel young out right. in the woods, even though I'm old with a gray beard, which I try I'm, to shave off, but you do it. it comes back. <laughs> also quickest gut job ever performed by this dude right yeah, here I can, I can gut a deer in one minute I, wow. we had dude, a, it's quick we had a situation troy a friend of mine from work <laughs> he uh his deer went over onto another person's property and they had a ground blind right there but the ground blind was not open it was open to the other side so the back of it was shut so Troy says, what are you going to do? And I said, I'm going to go over there. I'm going to gut that deer. I'm going to throw him over the fence. <laughs> he goes, all right. So I went over there, and I gutted that thing in a minute and threw him back over the fence. It was, just, it was a doe, awesome. you know, nice nice big doe. But, yeah, if you have to, you have the gut hook on that knife, man, just Rip you can open it right up, you know, and it's like, I remember the first time I oh, yeah. taught you how to gut. I mean, it's just, oh, dude. It's amazing, though. And, and the coolest thing about gutting a deer, even though I'm not a, I'm not a, <laughs> a you're coroner. sick, Mario. You're sick. <laughs> you just said a minute. Now you're good. <laughs> the human body, all your organs, match what's in a deer. Everything that's in a deer is the size of your organs. I don't doubt it. And it's it's incredible because you get to actually see the lungs and see the liver and. I should have, should have been, you know, a coroner, but yeah. <laughs> I enjoy I enjoy actually taking everything, where my shot went through, how it, could, how that, it yeah. hit every organ, you know, and how it came through the ribs. And to me, gutting, I take my time now because gutting actually, and another thing a lot of people don't do, I eat the heart. A lot of I've people Jake. throw the heart away. It's incredible when you throw this heart, you cut it up into quarter-inch chunks, frying pan with flour, a uh, little garlic, some onions. Oh, God. You'd be surprised how wonderful what is it Yeah, what is it like? I mean... It's like eating chicken that's been done. Yeah? It's fantastic. 
right. A lot of people yep. throw everything away, you know, but I'm telling you, try the heart. I know a lot of people are going, oh, you know, it's, a, it's an organ, you know, that's been pumping in this deer. Mm-hmm. But man, I'm telling you, it is fantastic. I really enjoy Damn. cooking you, up the heart. Do you keep, I heard a couple guys, they keep like a little bag, like a plastic Ziploc with them to put the heart to in. Put the do heart you do in that? that or? I always carry a one pound and a quarter pound bag of yeah. the Ziplocs, the freezer bags. Always carry it with me just in case I, yeah. can, I can get one. Okay. But yeah, and, and you can just clean it up at home and throw it in the fridge for a week or so if you don't want to eat it right yeah. away. But it does taste fantastic. Dang. All right. You just put it in flour, cook it up with garlic and onions and some oil. You will enjoy it. It's a it's Dang. a fantastic treat and it's another meal out of the animal, you know. But speaking speaking of hearts, that doe I shot in September, completely ten ringed it, right through the top of the heart, out towards the armpit, kind of, and uh, she just like all pulled up inside her. She barely left a blood trail. Right. What do you? Th- I mean, was it just where the holes were? Um, what do you think? Another thing is the blood trail. A lot of people have a problem finding their deer and I I've had shots before that that were stupid shots because I was on in a tree stand the only shot I had was straight down I mean these deer were right below me this buck was right below me and then when I shot the arrow stuck out a good 10 inches oh boy crap crap. but I hit him up front you know it's it was near the lung but it went right through between both lungs and just Never bled. I couldn't find any blood, so I had to do the ground, move the leaves, find out where he actually ran and walked. Because oh my. the problem when you take a top shot is the blood pools up inside. You don't have anything down below where the blood comes out. It doesn't come out his mouth, especially if you don't have the lungs. It went right between the lungs. But this deer was huge. It had a huge tall rack on it. I really wanted to find this deer. And it was in Waynedale. It was in the city. I don't and doubt that. I thought it was a reduction zone deer, and I thought, man, I gotta find this deer. It wasn't until a day later that I saw where the deer laid down, and there was a blood pile. And I actually, when it laid down, that's what—that's the only blood I saw. And I, I never found my arrow. I thought, man, where is this deer at? So that's when I started moving leaves. It's a trick that you'll learn: move the leaves, and you can see the footsteps in the mud and the grass and the dirt. And then just follow a line, try to follow a line where you think the deer would be walking. And I found him a day later. Dang. So, but it was, it was hard. It was hard. If you don't have a pass-through and it's, a, it's not a high shot, it's down low. Like I've shot deer with my rage where I shot just two inches above the bottom. And it made such a big blood trail. I've never seen more blood in my life. It just come pouring out. Mm-hmm. And it only ran 50 yards, but I can't believe... These animals, how strong they are. Oh, they're so they strong. They will run and run, even with an arrow, with a heart shot, lung shot. You know, I've 250 yards I've seen deer run, and it's incredible how strong these animals are. Well, the we grid surged back there. You blew out its shoulders, and it was pile driving the ground. I found bone it's fragment. Nail trail. That, yeah. yeah that could not find that deer. And it, its front legs didn't work. No. Yeah, and it, it's tough. And that's when you get down and move the leaves. And just start scraping the ground, look for the scrapes, look for the mud, look for the hooves digging in. You know, it, it bolted up something or bolt down the hill or something. You we we still don't have an answer for that. That was a dude. We, we, we 
Yeah. Looked everywhere. And that's why with the new bows, even the new... Yeah, I'm so, yeah, your new bow, so I mean, excited. The, the crossbows, it, 90% of the time it goes through. I mean, they're so fast. You know, you shoot 400 feet a second, boom. Yeah. I... <laughs> I shoot old school equipment. I have a Matthews from 2011, my helium. <laughs> you know, it's like helium. You know, like everybody's got the V3 now, or the newest thing. And but you got to remember all the TV shows you see on TV. These people aren't buying these bows. No, mm-hmm. Matthews is giving them the bows to put on the Here, TV. Put this shows. on TV for me. Exactly, just like no sell. Like the new uh, quiet caps, the bikes, the electric bikes, you know, and everything. I, I, I really would believe in that, but in Indiana, you don't have to walk that far to your stand. No. You can park pretty close to your hunting area without walking too far unless you're, you know, you're hunting fields all the time or something and you want to take it in. But it's a neat, my buddy has one, spent 3250 bucks on it. And it's a, That's a four-wheeler. It's a winter one. You better ride it. even has studs in the tires and all that for the winter. And wow. It's impressive. I mean, you can really go all out on everything you buy. Or you can just go the normal way, you know. It's, it's it all depends on how much money you have and how much you want to sneak up on the deer, you know. Like when you out west, I can see absolutely this would be a great product because you got to walk forever to get to something like Montana or Iowa where they have huge properties, you know. But I don't. <laughs> I yeah. just have 26 acres that I hunt, and it's... It's all I've hunted for the last 21 years, and it's been great out there for me because, like I said, when the shooting goes down, I'm standing there with my bow waiting for all the deer to come by <laughs> Let's me. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really pretty impressive. And uh, my muzzle loader, speaking of old things, I, I got a 1993 Knight 50 caliber LK93 stainless with composite stock that I, I still... Pour the powder down the old muzzle. Heck yeah. You know, everybody's got those new pads. Pellets, yeah. Pellets and everything. The newest gun now has a long single pellet that shoots everything and from traditions and all these other fancy things. But what sold me on this gun was back in 93, the commercial came out from Mr. Knight. And he threw a fully loaded gun into the river, picked it back out, poured the water out of the end, and it shot. No way. Yeah. So that impressed me. I'm sold. Yeah, that impressed me, and that was in 93. So I still use the old school, and this gun is deadly. I mean, it shoots 200 yards, no problem, except you got to pour the, you know, the second shot hurts because you're jamming this everything down, even though I use the wax on everything, which nobody uses anymore. (laughs) I use all old school equipment. My shotgun is a 76 Remington Model 870 pump. (laughs) <laughs> that I bought you told us earlier about yeah. this yeah and this is the most accurate gun I've ever owned in my life it's a slug gun I put a Nikon 3x9x50 Pro Staff BDC long range on it and now I can shoot 250 yards with this shotgun it shoots so slow that you can see the slug come out and actually <laughs> and actually Super watch bad. the vibration on the side of the deer go boom you know it's like it like echoes it's like incredible how far the things have come i use a hornady slug the the new dead on hornady's and it's really been an impressive shotgun for me and my friends have always wanted to borrow it but i like, nah, i don't nah, uh, nah, it's, it's nah, my gun you know yeah. and, and my coyote rifle or my um deer reduction zone rifle is my remington 783 7 millimeter rim mag 
and it's definitely the most powerfulest gun I got. It oh, just, yeah. It cranks out, man. It's, it's loud and kaboom, and it, you know on your shoulder when you shot it, you know. Well, what I thought was so funny last year when we were hunting and we had those coyotes come in, yeah. I was just about to text you and be like, dude, something's running towards you, and all of a sudden, kaboom! <laughs> I'm like, yeah, he saw it. He saw it. <laughs> and that's the thing, you know, a lot of people don't think you should shoot the coyote when you see the deer. Always shoot the coyote. Yeah. Don't hesitate. The deer will come back the next day. We made that mistake early on. We what? Yeah. We were trying to get you yeah. your first one. Yeah, and, and I was just like, man, what do we do? Yeah, well, we should have shot it. And we definitely learned the next year. Always so. shoot the coyote. Always. Yes. Whether you have your bow in your hand and, and just stop it for a second and take that shot. Yeah. And the other thing is a lot of people that I see on TV, they pull, they, they go, uh and then they pull their bow back, and then they shoot. It's like, dude, be ready. Have your bow pulled back, your pin on it, and as soon as you go, uh, take the shot. Yeah. Before he even turns his head, as soon as they stop, take the shot. I've seen a lot of people, you know, make the mistake of moving when they should have been already ready to go. And that's one of my keys to my getting good deer and big deer is, is being ready. Just being yeah. ready. Just I, I can't uh, phrase that enough. Because um, it cost me last weekend. You don't get a second chance. You know, usually, yeah, if he sees you move, you know, he's gone. You know, all you see is a tail and a, and you're done. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, that's really a lot of things that I had to say. I really enjoyed this podcast. I've yeah. never done one before, but heck yeah, we're trying to make something come out of this. People listen and. Uh, yeah, I'm glad we could have you on. No, it's been great. I'm glad I could pass some of my knowledge on to you guys and to whoever who's listening because I've experienced the ups and downs of deer hunting. You know, oh, I've God. had so many times I'd walk in and, whew, you know, I thought, God, if I had just not looked around a little farther. And another thing I do when I go in the woods, I don't walk straight to my stand. I take 10 steps and walk tree to tree. 20 steps, walk tree to tree. Always, always stop at a tree. I never stop in the open. Never commit myself to being a, a statue in the middle of something that where the deer can actually see you. But if you're behind a tree or next to a tree, and then look around and see what you can see, that's one of my keys to walking in. Okay. And also walking out, because a lot of times I've walked walk out, right didn't out. see crap all day. You know, I'm going. Oh, you're kind of tired. You just want to get to your truck and hit that heater <laughs> button. You know, in fact, want some lunch. Yeah. And. Uh, do the same thing walk tree to tree and look around because it's amazing even though you don't see anything the next 20 feet what you do see and and uh, it's amazing too the deer sometimes you get a chance you know a second chance at a doe or a buck that you know that you saw earlier he's gone he's on some other property but then you realize he, he ran that doe all the way back and he's right by your truck <laughs> you know it's like just take your time walking in and walking out that's one of my keys too that I want to pass on. So go slow. Go yeah. slow. Absolutely. Don't walk straight to your stand. So how do you, how do you? Uh, I guess. I mean, I'm sure everyone's kind of different, but like, you know, when you do get the opportunity to hear a deer walking behind you or something. Yes. Uh, I mean, how would you how would you handle that situation? Do you wait or do you try to make something happen? Because, like I said last weekend, had I not turned around, I mean, I had somewhat of an opportunity, but. My problem was I had all this noise in front of me where they were bedding. Yeah. And I was anticipating the shot there, and my legs got tired. I was in the stand standing from when I got in. 
Because I, I was ready to go, yeah. ready to go. Seven thirty comes in, and I hear, you know, I well, I sit down and I hear stuff behind me, and I'm like, dude, that's a deer. And I slowly, you know, take my time, turn around, and there he was. And I was like, dude, if I would have been standing, facing a certain way, right, I'd have been ready. But I would suggest to you, don't turn your body. And another key is your head. Um, I try not to turn my body. You can only turn your head so far, you know what I mean, when you hear something behind you. Right. And then slowly, as slow as you can, try to turn your head without moving your body. Because if you move your body, you're going to get busted. But if you just try to turn your head and then maybe twist a little farther, a little farther, and if you hear the noise, go by the noise. If you hear the noise getting louder, you know he's coming. If you know, if, you, if the noise is going away from you, it's getting farther away. You can tell that when you when you spend enough time in the woods if whether it's coming or going so on a something like that jake i i would probably have turned but just my head and then just try to look and and then see if i have an opportunity to turn myself like i said if you got deer in front of you that's the other key too with eyeballs man man when you see two or three does and i've had plenty of times with this ever calm where a doe has bedded down with the young ones 20 yards away and instead of facing the opposite way, they're looking right at you. <laughs> can't do nothing. So you can't, can't scratch nothing. your face. You can yeah. barely move your head, you know. So when you do see a buck, you definitely don't want to stand up. You definitely, or if you're standing up, you definitely don't want to move. Just try to move your head. And your eyes can move pretty far, too, back and forth. So try to use your eyes as much as you can before you turn your head and do it all slow. Because as soon as I hear, they hear the crunch, the deer also hear the crunch, and they're looking at the crunch. So they're not looking at you. So try to do a slow turn as possible before you make a commitment. So, yeah, I've had deer bed down two hours in front of me, wow. and I was ready to eat, leave. But I thought, man, if, right there's, I need them in front of me if I want to see a book. Well, we've had it here lately where we can't get out of the stand at night because they're right underneath right us. Right underneath yeah. you. And we don't know how to, I mean, we don't have any uh, way to bust them to get out without blowing our spot. Without, exactly. That's another thing, too. Um, Leaving the woods, even going in the woods and early in the morning. I've walked into my woods in Noble County and I could, I could hear them in front of me. Dun, 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 dun. You know, just I thought, man, they're right here. Mm-hmm. But I want to get to my stand. So I don't use a flashlight anymore. I use a red light or a green light okay. on top of my head. And for some reason, the red light and the green light doesn't spook them as much as the white light. The white light, they know you're a hunter, boom, you're coming in. And use a headlamp because. You, you, your hands are busy. You want to have your bow ready, you know, even though I've turned my... I've had a white light up at Mongo before, you uh-huh. know, a flashlight. I'd look right into the eyes of a deer. It's like, oh, they're right there. Yeah. yeah. But they they were gone. But a red light or a green light helps walking in. And if you hear the fadoom fadoom, like we heard the coyotes that time we walked in on up there. You're in oh, God. Eerie. Yeah. You know, the, you can hear them in front of you. I mean, they're making noises, they're screeching and everything else. But bones breaking. Bones breaking. Oh, you know they're eating something. It was, it was messed it was, up. I've heard it too, man. It was, it was one of the crazy mornings when we went into the woods. It's like, oh my God, they're all around us. And you can't, when they howl, <laughs> you don't know if there's five or mm-hmm. ten, you know. Right. As many as they howl, it's like, my God, how many are there out there, you know. But if they're on your property, take them out. Every time you see one, take them out. Don't worry about the deer, they'll come back. And you might not see deer because of the coyotes mm-hmm, yeah. on your property. That's the other thing. 
So I can't wait to start trapping this year. I'm looking forward to it. Even though I can't so hunt, I can still trap. So that's not doing anything oh, physical other than dragging a coyote back to my truck. Right. Uh, trying to think what else. Yeah, so if you go in at night or you're coming out at night and you, and you hear them, just, I would recommend not using, just use your red or green light if you can because you can walk by them. They don't really spook too much, um, and they will be back. So... That's my suggestion. That's uh, what I've that's what I've done so far lately, and I've had good luck with it. Can you think of any questions for him that you got? I mean, I know I've asked you all kinds of questions. Yeah. Uh, I'm just trying to think some of the top of my head that maybe someone might might wonder. Um, you covered the moon. Oh, I guess I got it. What do you? What about the new moon in October? I guess on moons is. You can use that also. Okay. Um, the moon has certain favors. I think it's, I'm not sure. I think it's called waxing gibbous. Yeah. The, the moon that yep. you want. And it starts in October and then goes to November and then it changes to the red moon. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's um, like I said, the, again, the moon has a big impact on your hunting and on the deer. Because you will say one day, man, I didn't see anything. And the next day you see everything. And you look up, there's a full moon. A lot of people say, oh, don't hunt the full moon, you know, don't do that because it's, but man, I tell you what, on a full moon, I've seen more deer. See, so that's what we were, t- I was going to ask, like, do you feel more comfortable out there with full moon absolutely, or less moon? Absolutely. And I love it in the snow because you can see the deer in the woods in front of you. If you're yeah. walking in with a full moon, it's like a light on the mm-hmm. snow, you know, you can see them. So, you know, not to go to your stand, stay at that tree or where you're at. And actually wait for them to come to you or wait for them to walk away, then go, then go to your stand. Yeah, but the, the moon is precious to me, man. I use it a lot. It's really impressive. A lot of people don't even know anything about it, you know. Or just It's uh, a tool I use from nature, and it helps. It helps a lot. Um, let's see. Got another one coming. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know what what have you what have you picked up on like, I mean again we've touched on the moon but like uh, days where you're like I gotta go like, you know everybody gets that urge like while well, they're at work they're like man today like, it feels today like feels like, like the perfect day exactly yeah. man if you feel it in your heart, go, if you feel like something in your head's telling you to get out there you know go man go take advantage of every day when you feel like that because. You never know. The deer might be thinking the same thing. And and another thing that I've never said anything about is rain. A lot of people hate hunting in the rain. Even with their guns, you know, they don't want to get their guns all wet and crappy, you know. Man, I tell you what, I have smoked more deer in the rain because no hunters out there. (laughs) I got a killer rain suit. You gave me that one. I love my rain suit, dude. It works fantastic. And the key thing is when it's pouring like hell, and you're out there. I have a little short umbrella that I use that I have. <laughs> I told you. Yeah, I, it just pops up. <laughs> it's only three feet in diameter, man. But I tell you what, it covers you and your head. Just enough. Just right? set it right on. Oh, sorry. <laughs> set it right on your head. 
you know, as close as you can, and as soon as it stops raining, the deer are out there, man. Bob. It, it's it's amazing how many deer I've shot right after the pouring rain. Makes you wonder about like today, something like today. You know, I, I would be pouring. out there. Yeah, yeah this morning, no hunter would really down. go out in that pouring. We had red and yellow on the radar. Yeah. Wind like crazy swirling. You know what? The deer are still out there, no matter what you think. The deer are still out there. It's their property. It's where they live. They live in the yeah. rain and the shit weather and all that crap. They don't crap. care about your feelings. They right? live yeah, out there. Yeah, no joke. You know? And so you're just trying to blend in with them. So they feel the same thing. As soon as it pours, they bed down, obviously. But as soon as it stops, boom, they're up. They're walking. They're grazing. They're doing everything. So I would suggest being out there in the rain because as soon as it stops or slows down, your chances are 100% of seeing something better. The only other thing that kind of scares me about the rain is the blood trails. Yeah, that's another thing. Um, again, I, I said it earlier, going after your deer. Um, I've hunted before where it was pouring rain and I saw a buck and I shot him. And I knew he ran off as far as I could see him. I mean, through the woods, it was a good 200 yards. I'm going, oh, crap. Your best thing to do is watch your deer keep an eye on your deer where he's running and the last spot you see him stick an arrow in the ground and then go from there because no matter what he ran to or how much blood there is where you saw him last is your key to finding that deer instead of chasing the blood trail go to where you said the last tree was or the last bush was and then stick your arrow in the ground so that you knew where you're at and then try to find it from there because at the end, he's bleeding more, obviously. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's bleeding out. So he's going to do a couple circles, walk around. There's going to be enough blood where you're going to be able to see. But the key, yeah, is look, follow that deer as good as you can where the last spot is and then stick an arrow in the ground so you can find from there and walk in different directions and see kind of where you think he went. Heck yeah. That's a good key to, a good question. Yeah, because that's the only... I remember one day I shot one, and it started sleeting. Yeah. And the only thing I had was fur. Yeah, and, and, and another thing is the sleet and the snow. If it's snowing, you know, if it's a downpour of snow, man, you know, and you just shot one, that blood is only going to stay on there so long it's going to be covered. You remember that one, though, that yeah. there was... Dude, there, there hadn't been 30 deer that night, and I shot one, and they all ran the same path, yeah. and when they ran through that snow, blood was gone. He found the deer. Yeah. I couldn't find it. I got turned around. I got, I mean, I'm pretty sure they were picking up blood and putting it yeah. other places. Yes. Like, yeah, that's what makes it seem like the deer step in it, you know, and next thing you know, you're following the wrong trail. So I'm a pretty good hunting dog as far as blood trails. <laughs> what I've seemed to notice too lately, which might be obviously, or obvious, uh, like when you do shoot one, more times than not, they go to the nastiest Worst thorns, briars, the I thickest mean, crap they can find. Yeah, exactly. More times than not, and a, day a lot in of the things open. I've learned with my bow is a lot of people don't do this. When you shoot your bow, even if you're target shooting or shooting at a deer, never let your bow down. Hold that bow straight out, and your shot will be dead on. A lot of people shoot and drop. Yep, shoot and drop. Keep your bow straight out in front of you and hold on to it just like you were as if it was pulled back. Because you're going to see the arrow better than dropping it. You have mm -hmm. the, everything in the way. Just keep your arrow and your eye on that arrow. I try to watch the arrow all the way through. All the way through, exactly. Until I can't yeah. see it. Exactly. And that's another key. Yeah, don't drop your bow. Keep it straight out in front of you. That's been one of my best things to learn 
as far as following my arrow so you know where it went oh and then because uh, I was having a problem when I first started out hunting uh, shooting at those deer where where do you aim like for 99% knockout I'm a lone guy, man. I'm a lone guy. I don't aim for the hard. I don't aim for low. A lot of people, it depends on if you're on the ground or in the ground blind. If you're, if the deer is close to you, he's going to duck. He's going to hear your bow. He's going to duck. So you got to remember that I shoot like eight inches down from the top and right behind the shoulder. I'm aiming for both lungs. Every Take time. out the bags. I do not aim for the heart. I've had a deer actually jump up instead of down when I shot. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought man if I were to aim for the heart there you know it just like it thought it got shot and just jumped up so the arrow went right underneath it but 90% of the time the deer will duck down a little bit but if you go 8 inches down from the top and right behind the front shoulder even if they duck a little bit you're still hitting something in, in the in the lungs or I've spined a few deer yep. which is embarrassing but it's nice because they don't run. Yeah, no joke. <laughs> you know, no blood trail, no nothing. They're yeah. right there in front of you. Of course, you got to take a second Follow shot. Follow up, but, yeah. Yeah. but Which that's wild. Yeah, that's a crazy part too. But it's, uh, it's part of hunting. It happens to everyone. Everyone's going to get a spine shot now or, now or later, sooner or later. I mean, because it happens. It's just part of hunting. And uh, like well, I said. One time I, I hit that, that artery up top. <laughs> Dude, it was like a, a blood yeah. haven. Oh, when you all shoot up down, the side of trees. Squirt. You know, I've had a, I got a buddy, I got a buddy who doesn't shoot, um, hesitate to shoot him in the butt. Danny Dominic, a friend of mine, will shoot a deer right up the tail because he knows. I've seen that before. That yeah. arrow goes right through, and I've also had deer walk straight up to me and lift their head up and look at me, and I've shot them straight in the front. Right in the patch? Right in the patch. The Boom. white just, patch? Just below the patch, about this far, about, I'd say eight inches below the head. So you're going right for the windpipe. Right pipe, for the windpipe and anything up front, and that arrow will go right in that deer. Because there's hardly, there's a hole up front here where you can shoot right through it. Really? Yeah. So, well, yeah, it makes sense, because I, when I gut my deer... It goes right up to it. It's a soft spot. Yeah. So you know how many don't, I have not... Don't hesitate. Oh, my God. Yeah, don't hesitate <laughs> to take a front shot or a butt shot. If that buck is standing there and the only shot you have is right up the boot, shoot him right in the butt. I mean, well, think of arrow, all the veins. That arrow will yeah. go because it's soft in the back. Just yeah. shoot him right where you think the anal is and just shoot right in that area and it'll go right into the buck and hit everything vital. It'll go right through the guts and shoot right up to the front. So, <laughs> I've, Gut job. It was so funny because we were at Mongo. It was like 86. <laughs> I'm sitting in the ground blind with Dan he goes, man, I got no shot. He goes, he goes, yeah, take the butt shot. I go, what? <laughs> and he goes, you the see him lift his tail, you know right where it's at. So as soon as the tail went up, boom, shot it right in the butt. Man, I'm telling you what, it dropped that deer in 30 yards. Wow. It was just I impressive. don't doubt it. I mean, you think of every, yeah. all the And you got to watch, with a shot like that, though, you got to watch it. There's hardly any blood in the back if you don't hit the veins. So you're not going to see a big blood trail. So, again, move the leaves, follow the sign of the hooves. You know where the deer went. Go to the last spot where you saw it, put an arrow in, and go from there. So that's one of my keys Dang. to finding deer and shooting deer. You're just sitting here imagine shooting one. I'm like, oh my God. Never hesitate a front shot. I've had so right many on the bucks patch. walk right up to me and just lift their head up to look at me, and boom, I'm sending an yeah. arrow his way right up through the chest cavity. Yeah. So you're saying like below the patch? Below the patch, eight inches below Kinda the patch. Kind of where the chest starts. Yep, right where the chest starts. Shoot him right there, man. 
right between the legs and shoot away. Oh my gosh! And and the arrow will sink in. You it'll stick out five inches, so you know it went in and hit something. Oh yeah! You know the lung, the liver, something. It, Think it, of all the stuff you got to cut to pull to out. Pull out, yeah. And and once you make that cut, more blood just dumps. Yeah, I've had plenty of deer that I've shot, and I thought this deer is going to bolt. And when they bolt, you don't get a side shot. You know, they bolt so fast when they turn around, you don't get that side shot. So take the front shot, take the butt shot. As weird as it sounds, I'd rather take that shot than lose that deer. Well, that makes sense. You know, you'll find it. <laughs> you'll find it. The front shot is great because there's plenty of blood coming out because you've hit the esophagus, you've hit either lung, it's squirting out here instead of his nose. You know, it's just coming right out the front. So a front shot is not a bad shot. Especially with the new crossbows, man. Oh, God. You know, it, it come right out goes the butt. right through the front. I mean, it's incredible. But a lot of people wait for the side shot, and I don't. I've, not, I've taken, lost plenty of deer because I've waited for that deer to turn sideways when it saw me, and it just bolted. So I thought, man, that's Well, that's good to know. I mean, I never really thought. Of, I don't know how many I've passed straight on looking at me. I'm like, I yeah, can't, can't do nothing. Sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, I realize it's a smaller area, but you know your bow. Oh, yeah. You know your equipment. You know you can shoot well. Take the shot. Always take. Don't hesitate, man. Take that shot before you think about it. Just take it. It's it's gonna create more deer in your freezer for you. Heck yeah. Uh, well, we learned that too. Uh, <laughs> take the butt shot. Take the butt yeah, shot, man. The butt I, stuff. I've seen deer run away thirty more yards and turn around and look at me. Love it. You know, see their head twist. Boom. Right, right, where the tail, right below where the tail starts. <laughs> shoot away. I know it sounds crazy, girl. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Uh, I hope you learned a lot. Oh, we did. Sure. Well, I, I continue to. Uh, That's the other thing. You never stop. Yeah. I'm 61. Not. I'll be 62 in December. Keep putting I, it in that I've never stopped. I still experience a new experience almost every time I go out in the woods because everything's different. You know, Every time you go out, it's always it's different. different. Yeah, It's something different, and you always get a different chance to do different things. So, What was the, if you had to look back, what was the craziest buck kill you ever had? Like, whatever you best, think crazy. Yeah, the the craziest moment, buck kill I ever kill, had? Yeah. Opening a gun season in 84. <laughs> Van Halen just dropped. He's got uh, fortunate son playing right yeah, now. 1984, yeah. I saw a buck come in. He is a beautiful 10-point. Come in right below my stand, and I had my shotgun with me. And I'm going, man, is he close. So I took my eyes off my scope and just aimed the barrel at him. Just right down, because on my scope, I could look down underneath. Uh-huh. Still yeah, see yeah. my original iron sights. So I looked down and I shot, boom, he lays there. I wait, I wait, I wait. It's getting lighter, it's getting lighter. Cool. I went down to get him, he ain't there. No way. What in the heck happened? This deer got up. I didn't hear it or nothing. I called my my buddy, uh, Jeff Webb, he come from behind me. He goes, you shoot? I go, yeah, he's right. I looked down, I go, he was right here. I followed this blood trail. He walked behind me. On the fence, followed the fence row, went into a cornfield, hopped the cornfield. Oh, God. And I thought, man, where in the heck is he? Jeff and I are standing at the edge of the cornfield, and I look up, and about 100 yards away is this deer sticking his head out. <laughs> and I shot him again and shot him right in the head. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was one of the craziest ones. Dang. I, I thought for sure the Hello deer there. Laying below Hello. me, yeah. you know. Hey, I think I just shell-shocked him or something because I couldn't find any other holes That's in him. strong will. I just, he just fell down from the blast of the gun. I could, 
I thought, my God, what happened? And I think I did hit him, but I don't know where I hit him. But yeah, the second time, we're standing at the edge of cornfield, and I see his head stick out. I blasted him right in the head at 100 <laughs> <Dumb>. yards. <laughs> That's epic. That was, that was one of my craziest. And the other one was in, in Waynedale. And, uh, I used to hunt urban right behind Custom Tube. And <laughs> I always had permission to hunt there. I knew the owner. I went to school with him. And he says, man, I don't know anybody that hunts like you. He goes, you're right here next to the road, next to the creek, and there's businesses everywhere. And I said, dude, that's where the deer are. The yeah. big ones, too. Yeah. And, and I, Some GM style. I shot it, and it ran into their parking lot and died next to this guy's truck. <laughs> Oh the dude was eating lunch. He's like, hey. The dude was eating lunch, you know, and he comes up and he goes, man, i never seen anything like that. And he goes, I'm just sitting here eating lunch and here comes a big buck and he just falls down right beside my truck. No wow. way. So I, had to, I couldn't gut him in the parking lot, so I had to drag him back to the woods, wow. <laughs> to the creek, and then gut him there. But yeah, I've had some crazy stories, man. There's Do you think it's still story. hard to get permission downtown? Yeah, you can't. I used to have permission from the city of Fort Wayne to hunt these properties. It was really cool. And uh, knew the property manager in Fort Wayne. They don't do that anymore because of insurance liabilities. I lost all my hunting property Damn. downtown. Oh, that would hurt. Because there's a nice property by our there's moms. There's some huge and I've seen properties big bucks. out there. That There's one over by uh, Colonial Oaks <laughs> Golf Course. Some huge woods over there, but it's all oak trees. A friend of mine lives right next to it. But... He doesn't own the property, so and I see the deer stands on there, but I have to wait for the deer to come to me. And now Tony's turn, turned into a into a deer lover, so I, he doesn't want to shoot the deer anymore. Damn. So I lost that property. I lost a lot of property wow. throughout the years through just through additions and properties and homes going into these places. So the key to your hunting is property. It's all about Damn. where you can hunt, and that's one of the big keys. Is once you get that spot, man, and you find a key spot, try to stay with it or pay the lease or whatever they want for it, you know, or ask permission. But a lot of people now with nowadays, they don't, they don't let you hunt mm-hmm. anymore. Only because when I was younger, these, they had, these people had little kids. Now they've all grown up and now they're hunters. So yep. they don't let you hunt on their property anymore because the kids hunt. So you lose a lot of property. It's, it's hard to find nowadays. It really is. I know when I was out that way uh before he moved back or whatever i was knocking on doors trying to get permission and almost everybody was like well no those are those are my deer i love them and all this stuff and in my head i'm like i understand that but at the same time if i was if you think about it that thing's either going to get hit by a car yeah it's going to get eaten alive yeah uh they don't they don't or or would you rather or would you rather be taken out by a precisely place projectile See, I, I've, I've tried you know to introduce I mean? myself as uh eagle eye do you have you ever, <laughs> have you ever had have you ever had deer meat before to the farmer or the property owner and they'd say no so i would bring them snack sticks summer sausage and jerky and said here try this product tell me if you like it and if you let me shoot a deer on your property i'll split it with you and give you half of the meat mm-hmm. it's amazing by you giving this stuff to the property owner, how much they like it. They'll use it for having their family over for Christmas or Thanksgiving and, you know, cut up the sausages with cheese. And, you know, you can get so much. <laughs> the other thing with deer processing now, you can get about anything done. You know, smoked, <laughs> jerky, you can get, you know, 
a jalapeno and cheese sausage and just everything has come a long way since the old days when we made it ourselves. I need to shoot a deer. <laughs> you know, and and luckily out. this year I still have some meat in the freezer, so I'm not worried about not going hunting. So it doesn't bother me as much. I just want my back to get better. But yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, but I get to watch hunting shows on TV, so that that makes yes. me happy. You know. Yeah. And like when you or Colton end up getting a deer, you know, I get to see it on, on yeah. and enjoy it with you. So. It, I do get to see it and enjoy it still, but next year will be a whole nother year. So. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. Get you, yeah, get your back right. Get it back right. Yeah, it's different being out there alone on the well, that you got, on the reduction. Yeah. One, more, one more year. Yeah, they're yeah. going to grow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's no joke. Yeah, but I look forward to it as another year of therapy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no joke. It'll be much needed. Yeah, and another year of being out in the woods and, and seeing nature. It's just part mm -hmm. of, and you know, once you get hooked... Oh, God. You're hooked, man. You know, you want to be out there as much as you can, even though you have family and kids and stuff. And sometimes you take them with you. You know, it's the best part. And they get to enjoy it, too. And they make you, they, they, they sense what you love. Yep. And they sense it in a way that, wow, my dad really loves this. I think I'd like to try it, too, you know. And yeah, Bo's already trying to go youth season next oh, year. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I can imagine, man. It's, it's a neat thing. Kids are cool because... I never had any of my own, but all my friends did, and it was neat how these little kids would turn into. All of a sudden, you'd say, uh, "You really listen to me?" But Dad, you always said, <laughs> "I can't believe you listen to me." How they turn into into you, basically. You know how how these you form these little things. Yeah. They're, like, they're like computers. <laughs> they're like computers. Well, when you get a computer, it don't know crap. Yeah, you, know, you got to feed it information to yep. make it worthwhile. So, uh, children are the same way to me, man. It's like they're precious. And whatever you do, you, it, it comes back out tenfold mm -hmm. because in the end, you know, your kids end up supporting you in the long run. You know, they, yep. they want to be like your dad. It's, it's like in the old days, you want to be like your dad. When you turn 18, you don't want anything to do with your dad. <laughs> no. You know? <laughs> yep. you know, and then at the end, you end up loving your dad again. It's, it's like a, a phase everyone goes through, yep. but, but it's, it's special. And to see your kids do this and go through it and being in, out with nature with you is just, it's precious. Yeah. And they they enjoy every moment. Yeah, I still can't believe he shot that squirrel. He <laughs> that dude, is so, so cool. He was so jacked up. He oh, was, it was like he shot a big old buck. Yeah. And yeah, he, he's like, do I get to go this year? And I was like, I was like, we're just going to have to wait one more, one more year. Yeah. And we'll get you out there. So yeah, the youth season will be nice. Try to, you know, uh, I'm thinking about picking him up like a 350 legend, like something with shoot, light recoil. I think you could shoot 300. Yeah, that's so. Put light. it in a put it in a vice or a, a bipod or tripod. Oh, he could do it. Yeah, he could do it. Absolutely. So, he would enjoy the heck out of that. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. His luck will probably shoot like some 200 inch freaking. Yeah. Ah, oh, crap. That was my dear, man. <laughs> Charlie horse. Oh, that oh, was he's awesome. down. Ah. Lost it. He's down. I got some stretches for those. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that that has not happened in a long time. No, not at a two a.m. in the bed. Oh, oh, in your hey, bed. At least oh, it, yeah. At least it wasn't in the deer stand. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, I've had that oh. happen, dude. When it's a cold morning and you don't move and you go to stand up for the first time, you know how tight your muscles are and you get one of oh, those. Oh yeah. Oh, it's horrific. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was good. Good thing I wasn't swimming either. <laughs> yeah, that would suck. You'd be drowning. Yeah, that felt great. <laughs> Woo. Next segment, do your stretches. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And actually, exercise is also a key to hunting because you sit there for such a long time. 
you know, you really don't move much. Your body doesn't move much. It, it's crazy. But if you walk, like when you get out of your truck before you go hunting in the morning, it's dark. Walk, you know, half a block down the street and come back. Do some stretches with your legs and then go out in your deer stand because it does help as far as your cardio and, and building up your muscles. So, Well, I heard too, like, your body burns calories trying to sit still in the tree stand. Yep. Like, it it actually takes... Let's go. <laughs> like, it, it takes it out of you. It does. Um, it does. Well, yeah, especially, you know, when you come back and you're like, I need to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need me an afternoon nap yeah. while the deer are out there running. <laughs> yeah. Uh, After that tender loin, I'm, I'm out. Yeah. No joke. Yeah, this year we... Well, you you started it off, and I was like, I better get on this game train. Yeah. And because uh, yeah, you walk every night, right? Yep. Far ways, and you know you hit the gym, and I was like, shit, I don't want to be out of breath out there either. And uh, and a lot of hunters don't realize that if you're out of shape, you know, and you just go to sit in a stand or something, man, he goes, that that could really be bad for you. You need to exercise, stay yeah. healthy. Pulling and, uh, that deer out, and yeah, pulling a deer out. A lot of people I know that have, they've had heart attacks. Well, pulling a deer out just because you you're getting so much energy trying to do this, mm-hmm. and and when you're pulling a deer out, another thing, mother. <laughs> So walk 20 feet and take a breather. Take a two-minute breather. Take your breath, good deep breaths, and then start again. Don't don't try to do it all at once, man. It goes. It, there's nothing like having issues out in the woods. <laughs> See, I carry. I notice you don't carry a, a big backpack with you. No, I got a. I, I carry everything with me, man. I I got everything I need out there. Uh, I got first aid kit in case something happens. Even though I'm that's smart. 150 yards from the truck, you know, I cut myself on a rage or something like that, something stupid, mm-hmm. and you're bleeding out. You know, have something with you. Yeah. I always have a first aid kit with me, and they have these this green tape that I used to have at work. It wraps around your fingers for buffing and stuff like that, so it protects your fingers. That thing will just clog up a uh, finger right now. This green tape I got. It's dang. It's really neat to have. It's. It's something that I've I've never used it, but I always carry it with Still me just got in case. It. Yeah. Right. Still and got even it. if somebody else got hurt, you know, you're hunting with buddies, there, yeah. and they got hurt, and you know, like I said, tree steps, the screwing ones, man, those can tear you up. You fall out of a stand, or you just fall out with your safety system. Yeah, that ain't moving. They will rip you up, man. It's like gutting yourself. Jeez. So I recommend again the the sticks. Put them up in the tree behind you, and if you have to buy two pair, because sometimes people only buy one pair and they will only go 16 feet, and their stand is at 18, and they got to stretch for that last two. Buy another set, man. It's only 50 bucks, and you're going past your stand and stepping down. Yeah. So it's worth it to buy that extra. And I don't know how many times I've bought three or four ladder stands just to make a 25 footer because I keep connecting <laughs> them. That's no lie. You know, it's just like, yeah, be safe. What's one of my things? Be safe out there. Well, heck yeah. Uh, 
How's your leg? Uh, well, right now, nothing. Good. I'm kind of afraid to move. <laughs> that don't move too fast, dude. That was out of nowhere. Yeah, it attacks you, Charlie Horses Man. I hope I didn't cuss too much on there. I tried not to. Oh, you got it. <laughs> okay. You're good. Good. Because <laughs> that's the last thing we need. Yeah. I know mom's listening. <laughs> but Sorry, uh, mom. Yeah. Other than well, one more question, then we'll wrap it up. Uh, so obviously, like. I have like aggressive stands like set up, you know. Um, like, what's your take on going aggressive? Is it more of just like an instinct you should take? You mean as far as being close to the trails, close to the like deer? being in their bedroom, right. like, like, dude, I even if you're maybe, one of the luckiest hunters I know. <laughs> I, I, you are you you, you can. <laughs> You can walk in and the deer walk up to you instead of my stand. They walk up to you. It's just like, you, you all, just walk in, sit in your stand. That damn pinch tree that off that four-wheeler yeah, trail. Yeah, I would I would recommend if you feel like you can sneak in to the bedding area. Um, when I first started hunting this 26 acres, I didn't know where the bedding area was, you know, and all of a sudden all the deer would take off to this one spot in the woods, and they'd stay there. It was so thick i mean you couldn't look five ten feet through these bushes and trees so i learned not to stay away i had do have a stand in the bedding area for an east wind you know i i have seven stands set up out there for any wind and the key is to when you're walking in try to find make your stand so you don't make a, a crap load of noise try to cut your lanes you know keep them clean i rake actually rake my trails to my stands with a rake right uh, two or three days before I want to go out just to make sure that I don't crunch a bunch of leaves and twigs and and being uh, smooth and quiet is one of the keys to sneaking in. I, this property holds a lot of deer but I, I have to sneak in to my, one of my stands that goes I, I gotta walk like 200 yards of this one stand but this, oh, this yes. trail is all the way through no leaves on it I mean I'll rake it all the way and it's it's helped me a lot Keeping your, you know, crunching the leaves. Of course, obviously, when you get the Indiana mornings where it rained all night and then snowed, and then you walk in and it's crunch, crunch, crunch every step. Try to find the closest stand. That's all I can say. It's using the wind. Don't walk to your main stand and crunch 200 yards through the woods. You know, pick something the, close, find the even if stand, it's like you here. You know, you got to walk 50 feet and you're in your stand. <laughs> that thing's poundable. That but, is a but it's a great stand. You see deer, and the deer don't aren't scared that you're there. You know, they're used to grandpa with, cooking yeah, out there. Grandpa and, cooking. You're sitting there with your wife. You know, up in the stand. It's it's incredible that it's a it's a perfect stand. It, it only took me three years to find the tree. Right. I mean. <laughs> but once you find it, you know, it, and it's again experience, learning everything you need to continue on and sneak in. To be smooth and quiet and stealth is one of the keys to getting in your stand, yeah. That's what sucks about the one one stand out here. Uh, See, the it's swamp not stand mode. that I had out there. Yeah, that I was... Would, in the mornings, I would get all the way to the swamp, and then it was icy. So I'd be crunch, crunch, crunch. I'd be snapping through the ice, but once I got up that 30-foot tree, the next crunch I heard was a deer walking in. Yo. You know, that's a key. That's it's so nice to... Especially when they walk in the back part of the property here where there's, it's all water. Usually it's really wet back here. And, man, when they walk back here, every step. You here, everything. Yeah. yeah. Every step, man, it's like, all right, here they come, here they come. I've heard them breaking ice back there, too, to the east. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
It's just like, well, I wonder what broke that thing. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, stealth is one of my keys to to walking in. Make sure you rake. A lot of people don't go through that extra effort, but... We we do on... Yeah. And, you know, I know as weird as this sounds, bring a a battery-operated blower, you know, two or three days before the hunting season starts or something, blow all them leaves out of there and definitely take the twigs off your lane because as soon as you walk in, snap! Man, that break in early in the morning, that echo of a twig breaking, not only do they think it's a deer, but once they hear two or three and they realize, oh, this ain't no deer. You know? Well, just... that's what, uh, like I said, the the one that I have to get back to, um, there's like a, I don't know what happened, but here recently something like fell down and there's just a bunch of branches like underneath tall grass. Yes. And you cannot get around it. You to can't get see it to, either when you're walking in, no. in the morning. And so I'm like, I'm just going to try to go slow. I mean, I I had them still in front of me and behind me. They must have thought I was another deer. I mean, yep. I think probably that if I wouldn't have had that Covers bedding that. scent. Yeah, exactly. They'd probably have been like, oh, yeah. no. Yeah. But, yeah, I tried to that product slow down. comes again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were saying that the one day we were in the stand, like, we did a couple little soft grunts or whatever, and they're like, hey, the, those jackasses are back. They're back. <laughs> they're back making that noise. So, yeah, stealth is one of the key things, and, and sense, like you said, you use your sense. And, and I always spray uh, myself constantly in my backpack, even though they say to do it a night before. I'm sitting out there for eight hours, so it dries up enough that I'm, I'm pretty happy with it. I use dead down winds for my spray for my suit and for my backpack and stuff my bow so yeah it's everything's come a long way since i started so and it's sometimes i learn things every day you know it's like i'm like i said i'm 61 and i still learn things that that's what's crazy that's what's about it you don't you know never stop learning man it's an experience and they're all different yeah they just every experience is different that's wild that's what makes hunting so fun yeah it does we uh last weekend tried to get mason we had two bucks come in downwind of us hitting the mock scrape that we made from Rackaholic and uh, they, they come in couldn't get a shot couldn't get a shot we're talking like 15 yards and uh, they took the one path into the opposite woods that they never do they walk right down the trail every time well they walk straight in time goes by I look out to my left over Mason and uh, I see the deer out there and I was like I'm going to try to call him back and so I get on my grunt tube and I just start rah, rah, just like going at it. Well, sure enough, he comes walking over. I lose sight of him. He gets just into the edge of that woods and he's walking straight up to us. And uh, I was like, all right, man, it's going to be like 20 yards. And he's got, because he's sitting in the ladder and I put a hang on on the side. So he's sitting in the ladder and he's turned to the side and he actually is now standing on the platform you sit on to get a better angle. Yeah, so he's like right up against the tree. He pulls back, and I'm like, hey, I'm like looking in the side. I'm like, check your level. And he's like, okay. So he fixes it, and uh, he's coming in, and I'm like, if he gets in that hole, it's like 20 yards. And I'm like, check your level, and he fixes it again and uh, gets right into the hole. He's got his pocket of leaves, like medicine-sized balls shoot through I just go, stop him, and uh, he shoots, and it goes right underneath him. Well, it was so quiet, the deer is now walking to the left. Now he's in front of me, and <laughs> Mason's like, I'm going to try to shoot. 
in front of you. So I'm I'm at the edge of my <laughs> hang on, oh, and I'm I'm just like trying to be still because now my heart's racing. I'm like, oh god, and uh, things walking and the angle the deer had on me. I think he silhouetted me because I was now far away from the tree and there's a pocket and nothing, and uh, he just kind of trotted off, but. That morning, we were climbing up the ladder, and he dropped his bow, and that's what it was. Wow. So he shot underneath. me. You know, they got a, another product out there called Hunting with Hex, H-E-C-S. It's a suit you wear that takes all your electrical currents of your body away. What? It's called Hunting with Hex. It's like get EMP. On the, get on the that's website. Good. It's a suit you can wear under your suit or over your suit. It, they have different products, but you can actually not be a silhouette you can be on the ground and wave and the deer won't do anything what they walk right up to you you're like predator it's called hunting with hex wow. it's a, it's a product that came out like 10 years ago and what you see on tv is just incredible they these people walk right up to elk they walk right up to deer and they walk right up to turkeys so i don't personally have never used the product but it sure looks interesting to right. me right to be getting that close to a critter or having a critter walk by you and look up and not see you as a, a threat. It's just amazing. That's crazy. It's a suit. Again, it's like 400 bucks, you know, but Dang. what are you willing to spend uh, yeah. to have animals come closer, you know? A lot. So, yeah, it's another product <laughs> that, that I, I see all the time on television, and it's a, it's a really neat product. And they do offer, like I said, undergarments that you wear, and then you wear your suit over, your normal suit over, but it keeps the electrical currents that a deer actually sees. Deer see you in different patterns. You know, they don't. They only see so many colors, and it's what they say. I don't. I don't yeah. know. It's what they say. But this product really was impressive to watch on TV. That to have these animals come that close to them. So wild. It's called hunting with hex. It's a suit that the HECS. <laughs> and I don't know the website, but it's it's another product that I thought about actually buying you know and trying it out because i do i've been busted by deer just like everybody else you can't get still enough sometimes no but this product these people were, were moving and the animals were not running away so if you're ground hunting or you're walking to your stand like i said in stealth and you see the animals you got a lot better chance at shooting something with this suit on so that's wild. It's neat. It's something that, like I said, I've never tried it, but I sure would like to. Something to look into. Absolutely. Well, we're going to uh, shut her down now. Thanks for coming out, Mario. Uh, appreciate it. I know I know everybody else appreciates it. And I don't have any kids, Dick, so I love passing my knowledge <laughs> on to you. anyone. <laughs> well, I appreciate I it. Forever, but I, I really, you know, I, I learned a lot in my life, and to be able to... To teach somebody else some things is it's neat. It's uh Yeah, I'd be lost. <laughs> I'd be lost. Uh so yeah, you you guys know where we stand and uh deer don't care about your feelings. Sure don't. Make sure you check out bluecollarwhitetail.com, uh, also our Facebook and Instagram page. Uh like I said, this will be on Spotify and all the episodes are there. So if you get bored driving sometime and you want to hear some deer talk, it's on there. And uh, hopefully we got a deer down by next podcast. And praying, praying for some good stuff tomorrow with that cold front. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, this should be a good degrees, day. Man, be out there, absolutely. So we're gonna we're gonna rip it. Get that center point out, baby. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Take that sixty yard shot. That was impressive. That was stupid. Just 
It was bro. <laughs> it was just like <laughs> third shot, flat, boom, freehand, no awesome. rest, just wow. blasted it. You hit the barely pull it out of the hit a three inch foam. three inch orange target at fifty yards. That was impressive. He said, "Do you want?" I said, "All right." Yeah, he did. <laughs> he did it. All right, guys. We'll see you later. Thanks for listening. Thanks again, Jake.